0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service an invitation to the world. Each week, we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Um, thank you, Tyler, and thank you, um, Daniel, and thank you, everybody on the praise team for continuing to lead us in worship so beautifully each and every week. Um, as I think is clear, I am not in, uh, in this sanctuary right now. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I think I've talked about this some in church before, but so much of what happens uh, in life and throughout the week often has an impact on the way that we enter into worship on Sunday morning. And so for me, uh, this is actually the third sermon that, that I will have done this week because you know we have an opportunity to record in advance, but we also have opportunities to um, be together live. And so right now it is actually currently Sunday morning for me as much as it is um, for you. I actually have the worship service on, in the background on my computer screen uh, so that I can join in and be with everybody. Um, but you know, this week has been um, another one with a lot of things happening. You know, it's a uh, it's a really holy season for our sisters and brothers in the Jewish faith, and um, celebrating the new year Rosh Hashanah and the next week um, Yom Kippur. And so, this period of time between those is a period of introspection and devotion and uh, recentering our hearts and minds and lives on the presence of God. And then. In the midst of all of that with ruth bader ginsburg um dying just um gosh was it yesterday it seems like forever ago um but you know all of these things are sort of swirling together which means that you know uh, a sermon on uh the particulars of how to prepare a lamb for the passover feast doesn't quite fit so um today I just wanted to, to share with you some thoughts I have specifically about how Moses engaged with his walk of faith and what that means for us as a community trying to live out um, a, a new life together. I mean Moses sort of embodies that for us and Moses' story is kind of timeless because of um, really both how unrealistic it is but also how relatable it is. Um, Moses is sort of the first Every man, right? Uh, Moses's life began as a rebellion. Right, his mother rejected the laws of Egypt, which demanded that she, uh, that he be killed, and instead, she sent him up the river, where he was rescued by the Pharaoh's own daughter. So then, in the first days of his life, Moses, he was in fact born a crime. You know, like all of us, and then (laughs) adopted into the most powerful family in one of the most powerful empires of the ancient world. Again, like so many of us have experienced in our own lives and then that's really just the first week of his life as time goes on Moses begins to have his eyes open to the disparity in the world around him so he's experiencing this privilege and then also starting to have his eyes opened he starts to notice that the people who look more like him than his adoptive family are treated really poorly as slaves to this kingdom that he has so much privilege in He starts to recognize all of the power and the privilege that he has as a member of a royal family comes on the back of his own kin, and he starts to understand that his own wealth is being carried to him on the backs of the women and the men who once saved him by rebelling enough to send him up the Nile River, hoping that he would have a better life than they had had. So, Moses awakens to this disparity. His first reaction, like so many of us, is to lash out violently, and he kills an enforcer of the law who was abusing a slave, whose only crime was that he was exhausted and in need of some rest. And this is what begins Moses's personal transformation, right? Like all of us, Moses had a choice, has a choice. He could have remained ignorant. He could have made justifications in his own mind for the empire's need for slaves. He could have turned a blind eye to the injustice of the situation, and he could have even used his position of privilege to hide the violence that he had done against the slave driver. Moses really could have done anything. He was the brother of the Pharaoh, and therefore he was a brother to a god. But instead, what Moses does is he runs. He runs away from it all hoping that no one even recognizes him as he goes. And then when Moses is in the wilderness, he starts to begin a process of becoming an altogether different person. He becomes a shepherd in the wilderness, marrying into a nomadic family of no renown. He deconstructs his identity as a member of royalty. He lets go of everything that he used to be, and he starts a new life. And I think our walk of faith is like that it always has to start personally right at some point hopefully at some point if you have your eyes open at all as we journey through life we realize all of the stuff we have isn't actually giving us any meaning or any purpose or any value at some point We realize that the relative success that we've experienced isn't just our own, but that we stand on the shoulders of others who fought for our survival, even when we didn't know about it. And at some point, we wake up and we realize that the way that we have been living, with blinders on, and we get to make a choice about how we respond to this new information right the best of us follow Moses's example to be the 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 best among us acknowledge the injustice that we're complicit in and we make the hard changes in our lives to let go of our dependence on them and then like Moses we let go of our dependence on injustice to placate our sense of entitlement or our pride or our comfort and we begin to see a little bit more clearly God's presence in the world like Moses Standing in front of the burning bush, we start to notice the subtle presence of God reminding us that we walk on sacred ground. And then, like Moses, we start to see how we, as individuals, fit into a larger context in the world. And then, like Moses, we start to take on a new role in society. Personal transformation always comes before communal transformation can happen. Moses had to figure himself out. He had to let go of the assumptions that had been taught to him. He had to learn to live simply. He had to develop trust in something other than his own power, and then he could start to hear the voice of God. And then, and only then. He could start the hard and long fight to bring freedom to his people a lot of us who've been born with privilege in society want to rush that process because we're used to getting what we want really quickly communal ha- transformation happens though when the cries of the oppressed are heard by God and when the structures of power are dismantled we don't lead that effort we don't do that we join in with god's work we trust that god leads in that work and we join in god's effort the people who have transformed the world have always done it with that sense of groundedness in something bigger than themselves they live their lives with humility and expectation Trusting that justice will be enacted and allowing themselves to be a part, however big or however small they trust that they can be a part of that work, not the end of that work. This year we have lost too many people who embody that commitment to a vision of freedom and new life. John Lewis, Rev. C.T. Vivian, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, among so many others, have lived lives in service to this larger vision of a kingdom without injustice, where each person is held and supported by a community that cares for them. And this is really the difference between Moses as Pharaoh's brother and Moses as a shepherd. The difference between these two men is stark. Moses, as a pharaoh's brother, uses his own power to do what he thinks is right, and it changes nothing. And in fact, it alienates the very people that he wants to support. But Moses is a shepherd who's had all of that privilege dismantled, knows to rely on the power of God and the vision of the community to bring lasting change in Egypt and for the Hebrew people. Do you see the difference there? The passage that Tyler read for us just a few minutes ago was just some basic instructions being given to the whole community of Hebrew slaves about how their lives would start. Passover is another reminder of the new year, after a series of nine plagues against Egypt where the pharaoh consistently chose his own economic stability and power over the people's call for justice. God gives the Hebrew people one last bit of instruction find a sheep, gather your neighbors, eat a full meal. Scripture even says, don't leave any left over. Pack up your bags, gird your loins, and get ready to run. And then on the morning of the 15th day of the new year, the people of God, who are descendants of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, are released from slavery and given a new life. Moses' personal transformation and trust helped him to join in with God for communal transformation And then the rest of the book of exodus describes how difficult it is for the community to learn that same sense of trust and hope communal transformation always comes through personal transformation and i am sure this is why it can be so frustrating to see how slowly the world transforms Injustice seems to be as strong today as it has ever been, but we cannot expect the world to change without individual lives being changed first. This is why human relationships are so important, and especially why human relationships with people we don't necessarily see eye to eye on are so important. Moses needed to witness injustice for himself before he could ever be interested and changing the circumstances in his situation. Moses needed to be drawn into a nomadic family of shepherds in order to release his dependence on wealth and status and power. Moses needed to learn how to care for sheep in the wilderness before he could ever hope to lead a people through the wilderness. Moses needed personal experience, accountable relationships, thoughtful mentors, and articulate partners before he could become the Moses that we see in Scripture. And the same is true for me, and the same is true for you. We need community. We need to live with our eyes open. We need to hear the cry of the oppressed, and we need to find the people who will hold us accountable to God's vision for us. But more importantly than any of those things, we need to be transformed. So that once we've learned how to let go of our tight grip on all the stuff that we have and all the assumptions that we've been handed, then we can start to transform the world around us. And the truth is, the people who don't get it yet need that same transformation, and need those same relationships, we all stand ignorant to the suffering that exists around us. So it is essential for us to walk with grace, to listen diligently, to speak honestly, and to hold our assumptions lightly, so that we can engage with one another through God's grace rather than my own ego, trusting in God's power to carry us all towards a promised land and a beloved community where the lives of all people are upheld as sacred. And I'm grateful for each of you in joining me in that. And so I hope that you will join me in affirming our faith in this grand, grand mystery as we follow after a God who is bigger, stronger, wiser, and kind. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.